Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. back for another episode this is james i'm drew and uh, uh, we're, we're here with <laughs> oh yeah and and we're here with uh, a very special guest who i'll let drew introduce uh this is brian collins who is not to be confused with the other brian collins which actually was something that i wondered about but we can get to that later uh <laughs> this is brian collins Uh, He's a certified life coach and recruiter with a passion for connecting individuals' goals and aspirations to their underlying motivations. His process produces meaningful results for his clients and empowers them with tools that create growth, both personally and professionally. He helps people gain clarity and purpose by transforming limiting beliefs into strategies and actions. Um, He received his coaching certificate or certification at the Open Center in NYC in 2012 after his own prosperous career as a designer. Um, would you say that about sums it up? I'm sure there's more, but. <laughs> that sounds pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. This is super exciting. Um, how about we just jump right into it and like we were talking a little bit before the show just how you got into it but um as drew mentioned you were a designer yourself and there was a point when you switched over to recruiting and uh coaching just like yeah what was the background yeah no totally so i got a late start to my career um in graphic arts um i kind of meandered for a few years waiting tables working at a skate shop um but some friends around me were getting started it was a small studio in atlanta called graphic havoc in the like late late 90s and um you know they were doing record covers and various things like that and it all started to kind of click for me i was like oh this is this thing graphic design so um I bought a, you know, bought a Mac, started to teach myself. Um, I ended up moving to New York. Um, that whole studio kind of moved up to New York and I was freelancing with them doing things for like Echo and just like other like streetwear brands. And um, from there, it, things just kind of unfolded. I started to work with this fine artist named Ryan McGinnis. Um, and then I got a job at this branding consultancy like Wolf Olin. So I felt really lucky that my career was stagnant for a minute, but once I started to gain traction and an understanding of what it was, things kind of like picked up. But with that, there was a distinction that I didn't really quite make, which is I think that there's a there's graphic arts and there's graphic design. <laughs> I was in love with graphic arts. <laughs> 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 graphic design and actually being at the service of a brand, being a part of a team is a completely different thing. And so because I didn't have a formal education and I was at a really, you know, a 
you know, really rigorous and amazing studio. I always, it was before I think um, imposter syndrome was in the zeitgeist, but I definitely had it. <laughs> um, you know, so at any rate, um, I left Wolf Olin's, worked in retail, did streetwear, things like that. And, um, and then I ended up just never really quite happy. And I found myself working at this studio down on Wall Street at the peak of Occupy Wall Street. And I was a really big disconnect between what I was seeing important in the world. And I was working on an app for a bank and I was like, this isn't it. And I was, um, I was taking a long walk, you know, to the train up from, you know, wall street, um, got on one train, hopped off and I bumped into an old coworker from Wolfolands. And she was, um, for me, like this OG New Yorker who was really showing me the ropes and like, she was like tough, but sweet. And I hadn't seen her in years, but like her, like her whole vibe was completely different. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on with you, but I want some of that. And she was like, oh, Brian, I just like I went through this life coaching program. You would love it. You need to check it out. It's at the Open Center. So I go to this seminar. And in that moment, I realized that, you know, the 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 same process of like self-discovery, self-help, it overlays to a branding exercise oh, like, what's my purpose? What's my vision? What are the <laughs> obstacles? And so it all kind of clicked for me. And so it was in that moment, I realized that there was an opportunity to work with creative people who feel disenfranchised and happy at work who are kind of seeking more and using a design kind of vernacular to help people get there. So um, with that, I was able to fast forward and start a talent recruiting company because I was starting to turn away design jobs, but I was like, hey, this person's great at this studio. You know, I was able to make those connections and that's kind of how mm-hmm. it all started to unfold. Um, There's definitely some trips and falls in that whole process, but um, that was me kind of glazing over it. <laughs> Nice. Um, I have one question in regards to that arc. Um, Cause like for me, I mean, for anyone really, I think a uh, mid career switch um, would be daunting, especially if you've been working and making money a certain way for a long time. Do you think that like, because you didn't come from like a formal education of design, it was easier for you to kind of make a switch yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I had pretty much moved out of my house at 17, 18. Um, so I'd always been on my own and it was a little bit of by any means, you know, necessary. And so, you know, when I was waiting tables and starting to try to figure out that there was something else, the minute that I could latch onto something, I wasn't afraid because I had had jobs. I had mm-hmm. lost jobs. I like, I was kind of in this perpetual, like kind of like survival mode and just knowing that I wanted more meaning that I would get there. Uh. Um, yeah. And then also one thing that has kind of impacted my decisions is that, you know, when I, uh, years ago, I was talking to my mother-in-law and um, she was saying that when she retired, she wanted to work at Home Depot. And I was like, well, why don't you just go work at Home Depot now? <laughs> and I realized that like, you know, why wait for your dream job? Like why right, wait right, to right. things that you're interested in, you know, retire now and do the thing that feels like a hobby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> 
So there was like, you've been doing this for like 10 years now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's had ebbs and flows. Um, you know, I think that, you know, when people get the wellness bug or like, you know, I want to do good. I want to have a nonprofit and you're coming for something else. You, you know, you want to jump into it, but like maybe, you know, if you're creative like me, the finances and the things don't necessarily align. So there's like false starts, you know, you know, retools, reformatting. So it's been a bumpy and rocky road, but the 10 years have definitely have been, you know, um, persistent, but Within all of that, I did take a break from coaching and got back into creative services. But that time around, I was working as um, like a like a creative strategist. Mm-hmm. So I went to Singapore for about a year, and I worked at a studio called Eight Inc. And um, they're a really interesting studio that has like a holistic kind of human centered model to their approach. Mm-hmm. So it was super easy to overlay design, coaching, the empathetic approach to Mm. environments and projects. So I did that. It was a great experience, but I was like, yeah, I need to get back out of agencies. (laughs) No knock against them. On on that note, like, I mean, so like you're coaching people in a field where you know that empathy and like this way of thinking isn't really the prevalent mode, right? Right. So you're like helping people get jobs at places, but they might then struggle with like the same issues you struggled with. So what is there like a, yeah, is there a conflict there? Like, is there like a, why am I like perpetuating or are you trying to shift like some sort of needle like (laughs) yeah no there's a strange shape to it and i'm trying to be the light i want to see in the world (laughs) (laughs) um and so you know and there's also this idea maybe is it like um you know it's hard to brand yourself you know or it's you know when you're inside of it you know these things but all it takes is somebody who understands what you're going through can give you an accountability and a space to hear yourself in order to, mm. you know, think. So I think that that's ultimately what I'm interested in. I'm interested in the space of supporting people reach their goals. And the outcome might be working at a studio or starting your own or leaving the game altogether. Right. I'm here for it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like a sounding board for, people finding whatever it is that they want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not to, um, you know, I mean, we're all obviously a product of our upbringing, you know, (laughs) um, but for me, my father was in the military Mm -hmm. um, and my mother was an artist and my father ultimately wanted to be more of an entrepreneur. My mom would have loved to have been, you know, an artist, but because of, you know, just a military culture moving around a lot. None of that was ever able to really kind of take, you know, root. And maybe in right. the back deep recesses of my psyche, or maybe it's up front because I'm sitting here blabbing it. I think that it was that tension, seeing my talented mom not being able to have a business doing that. And my father right. in the military who was, it was providing, but it's definitely not a fertile ground for self-expression. Right. It was kind of in that space that I think I found. Mm kind of found my calling in a weird mm. way. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to unpack that sort of like 
the value you bring as a, you know, as you said, like a third party or like a sounding board. Um, like, yeah. Like how do you kind of perceive the, the process of coaching and kind of like, I guess, I, I guess I'm, I'm personally curious, like how your life coaching kind of is tailored to creatives. Cause I think that's also very specific. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, if you think about it in terms of uh, like an agency or a project flow where you'll have your initial discovery and research, you know, mm. strengths, opportunities, you know, you'll really begin to kind of get all of the ingredients there to get these sparkling truths that mm. are inspiring. But from there, you kind of have to move it into a different space where you're really looking at the reality of what you've discovered, what the best strategic option is, um, the stories that you've been telling yourself about it as whether a brand or, you know, like an individual. And then you find the right action. And then the last part of it is really nothing but like action and narrative, you know, so you know what you need to do. What are you telling yourself about it? Who are you accountable to? And what can you tweak with who to move it forward? And so that's coarsely like how the coaching process goes. Yeah. But that's really, that's really cool because it's like, I'm sure it's what you've described is, is probably like a kind of overview of the process, but like hearing you just outline it that way relates very uh, specifically to design process because there's a bunch of research and introspective thinking to capture what it is that we need and desire and what is like, uh, as you said, truthful about ourselves. But then being a designer, it's like you have to put it into application. And I yes. think that part of it is really exciting to hear about because it's like, I think, you know, I, I recently got into Taro and I was like really um, – debating whether to get this one book on taro about the creative taro um I, I eventually didn't get it because i just wanted an overview but like when i was reading through the book it was all about that introspection sort of like where is my creativity coming from where am i seeking inspiration but it didn't really feel like the questions in that book were about applying my knowledge applying and putting it into action and i feel like that's a huge part of design in that like it's not all just about looking in the mirror um it, it's very much about how we can apply our skills and and that that thinking process into something like we put out into the world so that that feels like very like practical to me and like very um empowering in a way no, that's um, that's amazing that you see that connection. I feel the same way. I think it's really interesting that you brought up the tarot. For yeah. you know, um, I, I too am you know curious about it, and there's a symbolic nature to it. Um, you know, so you know we're symbolic creatures. We kind of mm -hmm. put these meaning into things, and based on the meaning and the sequences of it, we see opportunities right. or whatever. And so, part of the reason, you know, I'm, you know that I'm in this is with mostly with creatives is because they get that symbolic nature. And when you can take a step outside of yourself and see mm -hmm. what character you are, I'm a, I'm a magician, and you know, in my <laughs> life, or yeah, yeah. I'm like a fool, you can use that to reframe your own internal brand um if that makes any sense right 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 
No, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you almost need like some sort of representation that isn't that's outside of yourself to like. Well, it's like as designers, you're visual, so if you can like visualize or like conceptualize something that's not you, then you can like make sense of it easier. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I guess that's for everybody. That's why people like tarot in general. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting. I, I actually, I don't know, James, did you have a follow-up there? Because I have I had no. another question. No. My, my other ahead. question on top of that is like, um, you know, basically when you're a career coach, I'm sure you kind of feel like you're taking somebody's like life in your hands a little bit. Like you're like, I now have like this responsibility to this person to like help them, right? Or whatever. Is Is it like really a lot of pressure? to like feel like you're like okay now this person is like looking to me for like answers and i might not even have them myself like or <laughs> or is like are that you just is... trusting the process like what is what is it what is it uh yeah i'm just curious about that that side of yeah. things no that's a that's a great question you know i would maybe a pro- oh how would i say this so you know when you start out designing you've got feelings about things and you have these specific outcomes and you might like not hear the client and like, this is what I want. And then in time you realize that it's a little bit more of a collaborative effort and the best, most authentic outcomes kind of come when you're a participant in helping that. I feel like it's the same for coaching. And so when I started out, although the modality that I studied really tries to shield and protect, you know, you against like getting too vested, like it being responsible for the outcomes, it's inevitable. But in time, you start to realize that, no, this is about other people's journeys. They are the jungle. They are the forest. They know the animals inside and they kind of know where the treasure is. I just have the tools, you know, and I'm asking the questions to kind of get there. And so I'll never steer anyone into a place that's inauthentic to them because who who benefits? So yeah, my response, right. yeah, my responsibility is to the authentic, you know, authentic for myself and authentic to the people that I'm working with Mm. for. Yeah. Like, do you, would you ever find that you like go down a rabbit hole with someone that for them at the moment, like feels authentic to them? Like, like maybe, you know, somebody's fed, fed up with like something in their life. So they like turn to this other thing and in conversation, you're like, this sounds great. Like do this, like, this sounds like this is really you. And then like, they, I mean, obviously they'll recognize that maybe if it wasn't the right thing, but maybe they need to be on that journey anyways. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm asking, but basically like. No, 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 you're you're, you're right. The rabbit hole is slippery. You know, I mean, we are meaning seeking, pattern recognizing, you know, problem solving creatures by nature. Mm -hmm. And if something's in front of us and we think it's important, we will think and talk about it kind of to to death. Um, The beauty about Yeah, the beauty about coaching is part of it is deep listening and allowing the space for somebody to air something out and then asking them a powerful question. So like, you know, I hear you. Why was that important? Why are we talking about this? What's not being met in your life? What's not being activated? And so when you start to you know, there's a presenting agenda always, but when mm. you distill it down, there's something way more simple, yeah. way more pure. And well, that's, that's also like, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You should continue. I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, no, 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 that was a perfect I, segue. I was gonna say, like, you know, when when you talk about like the ego and how the ego is like never satisfied or f- fulfilled, you get into like these weird dichotomies where it's like, well, how could I want anything that I don't have? Because that means that I'll never be fulfilled. But like we're trying to get to a point where we feel some level of fulfillment. So I'm very curious about how you view that. Cause like, obviously you're probably somebody who's pretty spiritual and spirituality must guide some of this stuff. And the way that you talk, it seems like there is some spiritual quality to it. Um, yeah, so yeah. like, how do you divorce the ego from the like, Oh, you should just be doing what makes you happy and be living in the present moment. But that doesn't mean you should be like the CEO of like the company that you want to work at. Like, you don't, it doesn't need to be both. Right. It's like, but it is career oriented. So it's like, yeah, no, no, no. That's I mean, it's a really capitalistic really endeavor. So without a question, um, Gosh, how do I approach that? Um, I mean, that is like the hardest question. So don't, uh, I'm not, don't, you know, you know what I'll say? Um, I would say, I feel that, um, for me, I, I kind of go to this place where I realize like, I'm the horse, I'm the carrot, I am the stick. <laughs> that it's all like uh, a construct yeah. that I'm putting about <laughs> myself and I'm whipping myself towards it. Like I'm dangling and I'm telling myself all of these things. And sometimes I can just bring the pole back and the carrot is here. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I just does that make any sense? Like I just try to always remember that it's, 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 it's in our minds. Yeah. It reminds me of like, almost like gamification, which is kind of like mm. a psychopathic <laughs> way of looking at the world. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so there's a game that everyone's playing. Like, you know, I don't have to like fall in love with the game, but I could still get good at it. Um, I don't know. Is that too? <laughs> too no, like, I mean, I love it. I've totally <laughs> gone there because then you start to realize like, wait a minute, like, do I even want to be playing this board game or can I, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Or it's like, is there a game that you like more that wouldn't like keep you up at night that like exactly. you can be good at and then you don't have to like stress out every day. Like, am I like fulfilling my destiny? It's like, we know for a fact that like your job will never do that. Like, let's just put be <laughs> blunt about that. Like there might be aspects of your job that give you moments of clarity, but the job itself will never be that, right? Maybe, I don't know if you well, agree I mean, with I that, think by that, the way. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I think that there's a, an interesting, maybe this is like all in semantics, but there's like work and there's a job and there's a career, yeah. you know, right, a vocation, right, right. like all of these things have different meanings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like what you do every day and and your job description are not the same thing either. So, right, right. Um, (laughs) I had I kind of want to ask you or I want to kind of return to what you're saying about like kind of being the sort of like the beautiful bystander that kind of helps unlock things that are already present. Um, And I'm just well, I'm I'm hearing you talk about your work also helps me find the distinction between like 
therapy and life coaching because like when you think about a coach too it's like you're reacting to what's there and unlocking the potential but you're also having a helping someone find a roadmap whereas i think like sometimes i don't know i in in therapy i don't think it's less about the roadmap and more about the presence or whatnot and i'm sure coaching has a bit of both but i'm curious like what are the like more satisfying moments for you as that third party? Like, um, like what are the, where, where are those active moments when it's like, ah, like I, I see this person changing or I see this person's performance and you know, it's, it's working out and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's beautiful. So, you know, there's a couple of things in what you're saying. And, um, you know, therapy is so powerful and it's so beautiful, you know, and there's different types of therapy and modalities. And, you know, coaching is obviously just as, you know, you know, vast. Um, there is a distinction or kind of an overlap, I think, when it comes to like past and narratives. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things about, you know, like therapy is that, you know, the the more like the the trauma the things that are you know that are tied to really like deep past things mm-hmm. coaching honors that and gives that space but there's at the same time is an emphasis that goes okay you, that is true and you are whole what can we do that is active and present you know to move towards what's mm. important so the yeah. first and most beautiful thing for me is moving to a space of an active mind that is like kind of like present and untethered from past narratives. So when I'm talking to people from a now, like that is the most electric thing first and, you know, Mm -hmm. foremost. Um, So, and then in regards, yeah. And then, I mean, I mean, real talk, I get like straight goosebumps on Mm -hmm. calls. Like, you know, I'll come on, you know, on a call with somebody who might feel depressed, stressed or confused. And on the other side of it, they feel clear, accountable, like with actions that they're rushing to get off the phone with me or, you know, call to go be active with, you know, with it. And like, and it becomes electric in that moment when, somebody is speaking about what they want or what they feel is possible, like not coming from their parents or what like they were told in school, but from this place that's them. Like, oh my gosh, like for me, that's like yeah. the most human and beautiful thing. Um, and then lastly, like on the most practical, like, um, you know, I was working with a client who came from a fine arts background, like she wanted to do printmaking. She ended up working as a producer at a really known media brand and she was killing it, but she was totally unhappy. Mm. When we started working as a, you know, she, this was like at the beginning of the pandemic, she wanted to do a podcast. We were coaching, we were talking about it and it never really gained traction. But what she realized is that she actually really just wanted to be creative in her vocation and be producing content around Mm. things that are meaningful. A year and a half later, she is now a creative director. She went from a producer, made a lateral move as a creative director, and she doubled her salary. Wow, nice. Mm. That is what I'm so excited about. This idea that we have a potential and there are opportunities that are outside of our normal kind of scope of thinking. And if we're just 
it's the right conversations, the right questions, the right actions that are actually really small mm-hmm. can yield that. That's what, that's it. Anyways, mm-hmm. I think I can probably yeah. keep going on. No, I mean, here. I'm getting so excited just like hearing you because I can, <laughs> no, I can feel the energy, like that moment of like recognizing yourself, where you've come from, who you are, but then, and it's not even like projecting forward. It's kind of like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I accept yeah. myself and this is what I can do about it right now. And that feels like super, yeah, I'm, I'm getting like really yeah. excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Like when I, I mean, sorry, you were, you should respond. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And the last thing that I'll say what's beautiful about it is that we just cultivated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this conversation, like the three of us are like, we're lit, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've never seen James this happy in my life. I'll say that. (laughs) But, uh, well, like I had one, like I had like the initial call with Brian. I forget what, what do you call it? The. Or discovery. Discovery. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was really, really good. You know, I'm pretty skeptical about like anything in my life. Like when I, I didn't even go to therapy for like years because I was so skeptical about it. So, and that's been the most like important thing in my life. But, um, yeah, like I was like, oh yeah, I just like write this stuff down in a notebook and let's like, let's just go like cross it out, cross one off. Like, who do I email? Like, how do I get, you know, my? So yeah, it's 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 really it's just part oh, of it. It's just ins- inspiration is is like you can't knock you can't like fight inspiration, you know, and <laughs> and it, <laughs> but like you know, inspiring people is is not easy. So it's, it's interesting that you figured out a way to like do it consistently and actionably. Oh no, man. Thanks. It, um, it has a value just like, let's just, it it exists in a completely different space, you know, and, um, just to be with other people and like, you know, like you're not alone in this, it feels alone, but like, you know, just to help people get and be happy and fulfilled. It's, it feeds back and it's a feedback loop. And then then in turn, you know, another interesting thing is that people I've worked with for an extended period of time inevitably are like, I think I want to be a coach or they Mm. fold it into being a teacher or they fold the process into being a designer. Like it's all stuff inside of us. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'd like you to take a moment to appreciate yourself and to reflect on how you've chosen to spend your day. Take note of the fact that you've set aside this valuable time to learn more about your industry and be open to its infinite possibilities. You are here. It is now. You are surrounded by like-minded thinkers, colleagues, friends, acquaintances, role models, and perhaps even some adversaries. You may be feeling overwhelmed, envious, inspired, hopeful, hopeless, 
anxious, eager, tired, burnt out, or energized. Wherever you are, take a breath in and try to instead simply see the bounty of goodness here today. The community of thoughtful designers from all around the world who have chosen to spend their day together in positive discourse about the work they do and their love for it. You are a valuable member of this community. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You see value in this larger scheme and seek knowledge by immersing yourself in its richness. If your eyes are open, you will see everything. The outcome rests mostly in how you decide to look. This will guide you on your journey and help you appreciate the goodness around you today. cool we're back so we were um i was just asking about how to get started in coaching and so you brian you were kind of mentioning like you know getting a coach and working with a coach being the beginning (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of like the 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 natural step i mean if you're if you gravitate towards you know wellness and you're the you know new the type of person who's wanted to work with a therapist and you pick up those books and you know you know then you're you're already your compass needles already kind of going that way so obviously just you know experience it and um you know with that i feel that um Maybe it's our culture. Maybe it's only the circles of people I've seen. But when people get gassed up about something, they're like, I want to do it. I want to take over the world, you know, and I think, you know, and I'm going to quit my job and do nothing but this, Um, you know, works for some people, some people, you know, it doesn't. So I would say with anything, it's moderation and like um, figuring out what it is that you love about it. And, you know, it's it's more of a marathon not a not not a race you know um you know with that and lastly um you know when i started out my coaching um you know the 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 name of it uh, you know it was kind of corny in retrospect it was like break the block coaching and i was all about let's break creative blocks and blah, 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 you know and it was really really kind of gun ho about that because that's it i was coming in strong i was like i'm gonna liberate everybody at every shitty agency everywhere and it was just so heavy-handed and wrong you know just realizing that it was rooted in something kind of negative so you know and so i had to sit back and actually do the work and figure out like my own unique voice and approach. So yeah, I would say with anybody, it's slow, it's steady and you know, it's, I don't know, passionate. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually um, similar to the podcast. Cause it's like, I think at first we came at it from a, like, we, we've been through like, yeah, some, <laughs> some hard stuff and we don't want to do that anymore. So we're going to talk to people who, care and i don't know like now we're just like let's just talk to people and like hear what they have to say right right right. like i don't really have like an agenda you know like 
the agenda is I want to hear from people who have something to share that's exciting for them. And that's really it. Like, exactly. uh, So why don't we switch gears a little bit? I know, Brian, you are really curious about our podcast and kind of um, sort of the questions you had in terms of in the frame of coaching also. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, like, what 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 questions do you have for us as as both like a listener yeah. and as like kind of a coach? Yeah, well, I mean, the easiest way to start is where are you guys? You've had a, an amazing Ooh. journey, and I can yeah. hear about the, the the background and stuff. But like, yeah. where are you guys at now? Yeah, this yeah. is a very I good have, question. Yeah. I uh, so we've been talking about this a lot, but here's like the quick background on us, I guess, is like we started the podcast like a year and a half ago um, during the pandemic. So, uh, and this has been documented like in different like interviews we've done. So like if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but we like met in grad school um, and we kind of both were like a bit disgruntled, I guess is a term you could use. (laughs) uh just like we're both kind of like messy like wabi-sabi types like just like throw it all at the page and like whatever it happens you just kind of like keep it and like then someone's like that looks wrong and you're like that's the point like i don't know we're just kind (laughs) of like both like that (laughs) i think we've developed over time to understand that that's like can be as much of a crutch as it can be a like commitment to a way of working so Right. balancing that out but we kind of wanted to talk about like how to find like-minded people who saw design as a sort of opportunity to investigate and interrogate like why things always have to be perfect or maybe they don't always have to be perfect or is there a way to approach the work that's not coming from a like this is how things should be and this is how things shouldn't be and like our goal as designers is to like fix things up and like make them something perfect. Like that's kind of like antithetical to how we both think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like solution. So anyways, we started the podcast with that idea. That's why it's called graphic support group. Cause it's like supporting each other, supporting other designers in their journey to understand what they care about as designers and like what they don't want to focus on, like what things they don't want to like waste their energy dealing with in their careers, you know? which there's a lot of things like that. Um, so, you know, we like had a like, kind of like a brainstorm. We thought about a lot of guests that we wanted people we knew personally or people we knew through other people who might kind of have like these sort of spiritual, more mindful design practices or approaches to the work. Um, and since then we kind of achieved like some really organic growth. Like every time we did an episode, that person would like post the episode and then like everybody they know would listen. And then like, it was just like every time we did an episode, it was like growing. Like we have like, you know, a thousand listens per episode almost at this point. Like, um, well, that's the, the average is probably like 700 or something per episode. Um, and so it's like, you know, this is great. Like we're doing something, you know, we, we've had like interviews, we've had like articles written about us, et cetera. Like we have a good following, but we're also both like <laughs> really busy and tired. And we also live in like completely different parts of the world. There's a time difference. 
we were friends first and we didn't see each other for like three or four years like or talk mm-hmm. really at all yeah and now we like only talk in this context really um and we're like kind of at this inflection point where like there's this opportunity for growth and like to turn this into something even bigger but like the way we worked in design is kind of similar to the way we've approached this which is like it's kind of rough around the edges we like don't overdo it we don't like overthink it we don't over polish it we're not trying to make like this super like clean crisp thing we like the like ambiguity of like is it hi-fi is it lo-fi is it you know whatever um but now it's like okay we have a chance like we just got like our first sponsor uh which is like we got like you know a little bit of money from a really cool place called vermont college of fine arts um and it's like okay we need to like have a plan here like yeah yeah, but we're both like just sort of like yeah, I don't know, James, you could add your... Yeah, your... I mean, I think, like, the... I think the when we were, we were talking about this, I think the best word is, like, we're, we've hit a plateau. It's not like we don't have the energy to do it, but maybe it's, like, either a realignment of our mission or it's, like, refining what we want to get out of it. Um, I mean, the best and most rewarding thing is that we've definitely gotten a lot of validation in terms of, like, we have created the space, and now that we've created the space, sort of like, what do we want to do with that space? And it's not necessarily all about growth either. It's kind of like, yeah, like we're here in this moment. How do we want to take advantage and like make this moment special? Yeah. And there's also to add to that, there's also just like interpersonal stuff where it's like, we can get into this a little later because it's like too much detail, but just like the sharing the work and like who does what and are we expecting too much of each other? Are we not expecting enough? Are we like being sticklers or not? Like, should I say like, you said you were going to give me this thing by tomorrow. And yeah. cause there's like, part of it is like this leniency thing where it's like, well, we're doing this because we want to like make our, each other's lives better, not worse. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. we're just constantly like hounding each other to like get shit done. It's kind of, so like there'll be periods where it's like, we go like a month without an episode just because like, yeah. neither right. of us are like, want to like, bother each other like right right and our lives gonna like take take over right well there's something beautiful that you said about wanting to make each other's lives better (laughs) you know being a positive (laughs) thing not only in each other's lives but that's reason why you came together is the larger collective and making lives better you know Mm -hmm. and so that you still have that connection and core Mm -hmm. you know and these opportunities these are just like the purest best ingredients and so Mm -hmm. you know the you know as a coach and if you know this is a working session i'd be like okay guys well let's expand this and let's have a conversation from this plateau you know and you know like kind of based on that like okay wow here you are (laughs) and if this is a design project i'd be like okay what is the goal here what Mm. do we really think is important next you know, if we have, and the first thing is like, okay, there's an opportunity for sponsorship. Wow, that's great. Does how does that sponsorship make your lives easier? Mm. You know, that's the first question that I would ask. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. You know, what are this? You know, so now you see from there, it's like strategy and questions. Like, oh, okay, right. You right. know. 
So with that, if that was like kind of a whiteboard, you know, yeah. like now that you've got a sponsorship, like what could you do with that? What does that mean? You know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, well, Drew, I, I really appreciate that. Like you kind of reminded us that we want this project to make our lives better. Cause I think that's a really good launching point to kind of brainstorm where to go next. It's like for me, like what I'm kind of, um, struggling with in my own career is sort of like I the past like year I've like made a switch over to doing more editorial work like editing and actually like creative directing editorial projects and that's something like I continue on to do but I do fall away from the actual like making and so I started this like publishing label and I have certain like aspirations for that but like there are overlaps like making this content also overlaps with that mission too. But um, like, I want to get better at it and I want this platform, both graphic support group and my publishing label to like be creative platforms where like I'm sought after for creative kind of direction or editorial direction. And so like, for some, I think one thing that I've struggled with, and I've told Drew about this, is like Drew kind of came up with the platform idea of graphic support group because he was making work under that moniker and he had a vision for like how it could be a creative network. And I've mm-hmm. always felt like, and sometimes it was kind of like an excuse, and sometimes it was like just like uh, imposter syndrome. But it's like this is Drew's, and I'm helping him out. But I think mm. I've gotten over that in terms of the podcast. But I can see that. I could open up my mind into being like, Hey, I'm part of graphical support group, the creative network too. Like we could work on projects together or I can bring projects to graphic support group and kind of expand the capacity to do that. And then, so that like feeling that opportunity in this moment too, is really empowering and exciting. Um, but then there's also like, um, I don't know in, in specific regards to the sponsorship, like for me, the most exciting thing is like, it opens up, doors in terms of our audience like we can share the sponsor's message with our audience but then the people who are interested in uh vermont college of fine arts can also start entering graphic support groups so that's like super interesting and super exciting um and i think like i see sponsorship more as like a tool to grow our audience yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's cool um it's really inspiring to hear how just vulnerable and transparent both of you are and like hearing you know like James like where your aspirations are you know the transitions that you made in like kind of mindset and you know and mm-hmm. reframing things um and you know Drew I'm you know, sure you have you know there's more that you want to do over you know as well and yeah, there's yeah. A, and there's a beautiful overlap and that yeah, overlap yeah. is, yeah, and that overlap is like, like, kind of made of the same material that caused you to have gravity from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I totally like understand where James is coming from too in terms of like that perspective. But it's like been going on for so long at this point that like, and it's like going been going for like so evenly. I think that like, but the the fact of the matter is I'm the only one who's ever made work under the name graphic support group. Mm -hmm. So there's this weird thing where it's like, like for instance, when it's nice that was writing the article that just came out about us, like they asked if they could put some of the work that I made that's up on on the graphic support group site into the article. And James and I were talking about it and I was like, well, 
and he was like, should I like put some of my work in? And I was like, well, we haven't, you haven't like made any work under this name. Like this is work that I've made as graphic support group. Like, and I was like, you are part of graphic support group. If you want to be like, if you want to make work with that name, you can, Yeah, yeah. but, but you haven't yet. So like, it would be almost like, I, people do this all the time. They're like, oh, I'm, you know, this is my studio. I've done this project, this project, and this project. But those projects were done, like, at a, another studio or, like, right, done. Right, right. I don't right. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my question is, um, is this the opportunity? Like, well, that's is what this... I was saying. Like, when James yeah. brought that up, I was like, I was basically like, we can show the work that I've done under this name as a way to get more work to, that we can, that we do, can together. do together. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, but it was also like kind of awkward. Cause it's like, yeah, maybe he doesn't want that to be the, the face of like his work. Cause he didn't touch it, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was an interesting conversation because it was kind of like, it was a delicate conversation to have because it was also like, drawing lines i guess it was kind of like drawing lines but also it was open invitations like hey like i've done work as graphic support group that that we didn't do together but let's do stuff together if you want to and i think hearing that again now is like yeah we should do it together like why not like what's stopping us like it's not for me it's not a matter of like labels or name or credit it's more just like me seeing the opportunity for what it is rather than removed of like what's getting credit and who's who's doing what and who's doing that so yeah i mean it's also like oh sorry yeah i think we should you should say something oh no 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 just curious like you know you you'd mentioned the word opportunity and so i mean i would almost you know from an excited no holds barred you will not fail like if you could both talk about the opportunities that your work and your relationship it's yielded, you know, I'm yeah. just curious about like what's possible from here. Hmm. Well, there is like a sort of natural thing where, I mean, I'll give James a lot of credit here. Cause I feel like he's a lot more on top of things than I am. And like a lot of the time, I think if he weren't around, I would, I would have just like <laughs> let this project fall away by the wayside. But, um, so, you know, like I think the frustration also from him is like, comes because it's like oh like i would my natural tendency might be to get lazy about something like this and then he's like you're getting lazy about this can you (laughs) do what we said you were gonna do um so it's weird because it's like we we kind of need each other in that it's clear that both of us need each other in some capacity although i feel like i need james more than he needs me no that's totally not true that's totally not true (laughs) it's yeah. I think one of the things that attracts us to each other is that like I don't know, like I think what's been cool about graphic support group is that like our relationship definitely is sort of like limited to graphic support group at this point, but it's also like um we have like we we recognize similar tendencies in each other because we're both also people who are really busy and overcommitted but also like full of dread and like lazy. So <laughs> So it's like we recognize like I know when Drew is like, oh, he's slacking because of this and we can kind of call each other out without like like it doesn't come from a place of like um, at least I'm speaking for myself. Like I don't 
like get on Drew's case from a place of like I don't understand him and he's not doing what he's supposed to do. It's more like I think Drew's having this kind of moment and he could use this kind of encouragement. And so like our able ability to like kind of like align in that in a, in a certain amount of empathy, which is is really good. Um, and then kind of just going on the opportunity thing, it's like uh before even going into like concrete like we can start working on projects together and 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 whatnot it's like um what's what's kind of interesting now and i think maybe this is i'm starting to understand some other aspect about graphic support group is like it's kind of nice to also know that someone has your back and i think like recognizing the opportunity to do creative work together and make content together as some, as a partnership that like we understand each other and we support each other is really awesome. And I think like, that's kind of where the, uh, the potential lies because like there's a lot of partnerships out there that it's like, kind of like we're winning together, but it's not necessarily supportive. It's sort of like, two egos kind of going after the same thing sort of. Um, so I think there's an opportunity there to like also create a model where it's like actually about support and both yeah. like, yeah, like I think that's what yeah. I, I love about the name too. It's like the support group is also an active, like we like this guy does motion and I do typography. And so we have those skill sets that support each other, but also like understanding of each other's kind of mission and, and objectives. Graphic support group, how may I assist you? <sighs> I'm freaking out. I don't know. I'm feeling really out of touch with design, and my career feels stale. I, I want to keep exploring, but I don't know where to seek inspiration, what work I want to do, or who I even am anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. This sounds serious, but I think I might be able to help. Have you thought of taking a sabbatical? <sighs> I can't take a year off from work. That's for rock stars. Good point. Might I suggest you apply to grad school? Grad school? For graphic design? Yes. Grad school is a great way to take your thinking and skills to the next level. Would you like to explore some options? Well, how much does a program like that cost? I don't have 100k just lying around. Good point. Grad school is fairly expensive. Hmm. I may have something for you. Yes. Here it is. Yes. Okay. This is what I was looking for. Vermont College of Fine Arts MFA in Graphic Design. It's a low residency program designed to help designers like you. I think it could be a really wonderful solution to help you refocus your creative energies on yourself without having to sacrifice your life or bank account. Really? This sounds too good to be true. Please tell me more. Do you think it could help me recalibrate my creative energies? Well, VCFA is an individual-focused program where the institution's world-class faculty works with you one-on-one -on -one throughout the semester from wherever you reside. They then gather twice a year for one-week residencies, where all of the students are able to share and make work in an intimate and intensive environment. Hmm. So what goes on outside of the residency? What happens throughout the rest of the semester? Well, that's the interesting part. You're able to build a budding design practice steeped in history, theory, and studio work in your own space and on your own schedule. It's a mix of self-study and robust guided advising. It's perfect for somebody like you. Wow, 
That does sound pretty ideal for me. You know, just the right balance of challenge and discipline. Sounds pretty cool. It is. You will join a vibrant community of artists, educators, and practitioners who are all looking to grow their individual design practices. The residencies allow for close exchange with both faculty members and students. Plus, your network of creatives will grow dramatically and internationally. You'll be joining a community of passionate creators who will support you, and you'll gain discipline in your career because you'll be doing it on your own terms, on your own schedule. Plus, the one faculty to four student ratio allows for a really close-knit experience, along with the ability to choose your advisors. Wow, that all sounds great. And you're sure I don't have to move to Vermont? Yes, you're able to pursue your creative endeavors while staying right where you are. That's amazing. How do I apply? You can apply and find out all the information you'll need by visiting vcfa.edu. If you have any questions, their offices are just an email or phone call away. Wow. Thanks, GSG. I knew I could count on you. No, thank you. We're always here for you. Support is what we do. Full disclosure, James Shea is a visiting faculty member at VZFA. This is a paid advertisement. Um, my question was like, so who supports the graphic support group? You both know each other. That's the thing. You know each other's strengths. You know the the shadowy parts. And is there an opportunity, small scale, medium scale, larger scale, to clear your plates Mm. with somebody who? I mean, yeah. I mean, we would love to do that, but we need to figure that out financially and stuff because we because because we are like an ethical platform right like everything that we do we want to do very right mm-hmm. so like okay. we don't want to hire anybody and so not that, pay them not well to. like you know yeah so like you know coaching wise like i would say well that's your foundation that yeah. is a gift so this relationship regardless of what scale it is it will be equitable it will be fair it will be you know value so mm-hmm. then it becomes like, okay, then how do we, how do we get that? Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, the first thing could be, is just asking the questions, who would that be? What would they need? Mm-hmm. Right. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. How would it help? Yeah. When, when could you have those conversations? Mm. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I think if we're going to have start the conversation now, which is fine, I think like uh, I feel like we need somebody who can edit mm-hmm. the podcast. So neither mm-hmm. of us needs to do it, like do mm-hmm. the technical editing, because that's a lot of yeah. time. And it also creates a tension between us because James does most of the editing. We switched off doing every other now, but okay. I'm just not as I'm like a have OCD and I'm like incredibly when it comes to audio like i'm obsessive so i can't like go into the file and just like i want to remove like every sound that's not like necessary and james is like the opposite like i'll be like dude there's like (laughs) i'll like listen back to his edits and be like dude there's like a minute gap like in this one part he's like oh i'll just fix it so it's like like i can't like i like i'm almost it almost makes me happy when there's like big like mistakes in it because it's like yeah. oh he was like he like was like 
just chilling, you know? He's not like yeah. killing himself over this. And I don't want that. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah. if I do it, I'm going to like, it's going to take me like four hours to yeah, do like right. one episode. Right. right. Well, if we were like management consultants, we would be saying, <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't make sense to have, you know, the two founders that have, right, right. You know, like, that's not where your value lies. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have an yeah. interest in ability in it, but if it's a, point of gravity there's somebody who would love it love right, doing that. right right like right. delegation and kind of like i like you know i don't mind doing the edits um like i think drew kind of feels a sense of guilt a little bit but i don't mind doing it it's just like there are points where it's like okay well if i'm doing this then can you do that and that's where I feel some of the tension comes, right? It's like, so I think that actually brings up the better question. It's like, all right, so if we are in this position where we have to do certain work and we're more adept at certain work, then like, how do we make our whole mission um, more, more, more like balanced? And also like, where are the opportunities where Drew can exercise his talents? Like, he makes a lot of the artwork and that's given us a great visual identity, but are there ways to expand that? Like uh, how do we make that more of like a calling card for graphic support group? Or like, do we create a new project where Drew can really like flex his visual strengths and like grow graphic support group in a different way? Like that gives me an idea. Like maybe we make like a help book or something like a handbook yeah. or something. And like that could right. be a really fun like resource that we throw out there. Um, the other thing that like I really value about Drew is like Drew has he's a great writer and like has a great sense of humor that I think is really core to graphic support groups mission. So it's like, how can we make more content that like takes advantage of that? Um, you know, like I don't mind being the, you know, kind of more behind the scenes guy. And I think what's cool is that like our creative energies in terms of like, the questions we come up with, how we prepare for episodes. Like I really touch, trust Drew's ch taste to kind of like bring in guests and stuff. So like, I think that the creative direction part of it is pretty uh, even and like, we're both contributing, but it's kind of like, yeah, part of us, part of it is like, yeah, we both kind of don't want to do like the, the cleanup, <laughs> like yeah. the maintenance, uh, but how do we make maybe make that maintenance more like manageable? Are they bringing someone in, el uh, someone else in, or it's like, how do we make that maintenance seem like we're contributing to the same goal? For sure, for sure. So you know, I would start backwards with like that goal, mm -hmm. and really thinking about that goal from a practical way, but from an emotional way, like from a purpose way, like. Mm -hmm really getting excited about that vision. And from there, you can very easily start to kind of unpack what are the actions, what are the tactics, what are the steps? And I mean, James, you're, you're a professor, you're a teacher, you know, like Drew, you yeah. are part of big rebrands. Right. You guys understand what it takes to get something done, you know, and so by giving yourself the open space to actually develop that plan mm -hmm. and thinking about it from having your support for the graphic support group, mm -hmm. it all starts to get a little lighter, right? It becomes yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, although, you know, when you bring that up, like the fear comes, it's like, okay, if we have another person, then that's another person who we have to like 
manage and like have, you know, that's another relationship. And I think both James and I struggle with relationships in terms of voicing our needs Mm -hmm. and also voicing what we need from somebody and when like we kind of like both are like oh it's yeah. cool whatever I have a question like, for you but then we're like i have a question for you is the is the fear bigger than the goal that's a good is question it- because i don't know personally how much growth if we want to use that word i can actually handle it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like maybe this is the only this is like the level, the threshold that I cannot cross because it will seep into other aspects of my life in ways that like I'm not prepared for. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm half-assing everything in my life, I'm not really half-assing it, but like if I'm, if this is the level of, of uh, dedication that I put into something across the board, then I can do all of those things. But if yeah. I prioritize one then the other stuff's gonna fall apart no but and I, I totally go on james yeah i feel like this is an interesting observation that i have like i think like there are two fears here it's like one kind of like admitting that like we're kind of one it's like the fear of being overcommitted. so drew you're feeling like you can't you're afraid to sort of take someone else on or someone something else on because you don't want to half-ass it. But then it's also like the fear of introducing another person into the element. And so it's kind of like you have to balance like uh, – you have to admit to yourself like I can't handle this, so I need to introduce this thing I'm fearful of. But when I, when you recognize that you're fearful of like you can kind of attack it in a more concrete way, I think. And I mean I'm more like like – I, the one thing that uh, about like just if we're kind of like talking about something concrete about bringing, bringing someone else on like one way to do it is like if we had the money we can just hire someone who's not in a relationship with us mm-hmm. and we just like they're professionally going to edit our podcasts and that's it like that's that 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 relationship is clear but because we don't have the money we need to bring someone that is like entangled with us personally and like then it's sort of like hey you're our friend can you do this for us we will pay you a little bit but like you also have to believe in our mission and that that's like a whole different that's i think where like i'm fearful of in terms of bringing someone else on right so i love where we've netted out because now this is the space of possibilities you're Mm -hmm. realizing that there if this if you had confidence and trust and ease and uh, like finding this person and the relationship was, you know, manageable and in your safe zone, it frees you all up and you know, the limited amount of time that you have, like, you know, it's all laid out, but we'll only know by asking these questions. Like we're saying we don't have enough money, but we don't know how much it is. We don't know if there's somebody who would be like, I would love nothing more than to edit your audio. I've been working on my own podcast and I've been trying to learn these tools. You know, there's so many different ways that it can show up, but the only way we know. Yeah, like put the call out and be like, we're looking for. We're looking for editors. (laughs) Yeah, if if you're listening to this and listening to how incredible it would be to work with, James and I, who clearly have a great grasp on relations and uh, 
<laughs> management. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, and you know, so this is, an, and I love that. And so from that space, it would be like, what if we're listening to the podcast and audio gets crunchy and you like break it for a moment? Like, okay, we need some help. You've <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> listening this hard. You heard this reach yeah, out to yeah, us. Yeah. You know, there's so many fun ways that you can approach. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, it's if we're in in the in the area of possibilities, like, I don't know, this may be a stretch, but it's like, it could also be a good learning opportunity to be like, yeah, how do you manage team members? How do you get other people on board and grow something in terms of like actual management? Like, I think Drew and I don't really have that many opportunities to practice our management skills. And like, this could be an opportunity to yeah. do that. Like it doesn't sound mm-hmm. very glamorous and it sounds really risky and like, but Hey, it could, it could work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And so like the question would be, is like, okay, knowing that you both are empathetic, you know, and that you have a pure intention with this, that you're actually going to be great managers and great mm. delegators. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so from that place, it's what's possible when you're working with a team of people who you trust and are committed and dedicated and all of that good stuff. And then we start to revisit like, Oh, what's possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we also have to reevaluate like what our goals are because I'm not sure we know. I mean, I think our only goal is just to have people listen and like get guests that we like want to talk to. Like, honestly, I don't really have, I mean, I'm like super excited about like the notoriety just because I want more people to listen. I don't actually want, I don't want like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. This article is really cool. I, they did a good job. Like, I hope, I just hope I don't come off sounding stupid or whatever. That's like really it. Like, so, I just hope people <laughs> listen. But I think that this is the space where like, you know, uh, like a coaching assignment is like, you know, a variation on a vision board or like a goal board or like really from a no holds barred, no limitation kind of yeah. point of view. Like, what would you like it to look like three months, six months, a year? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, goals. yeah, I think like even before we get there, one thing that has been enlightening about this this episode and this conversation is that like I think Drew reminded me like you know we are doing this project to make our lives better and like not necessarily like workload or, or that kind of thing but like at least for me like I really like that we get to kind of get behind the scenes to uh, with creatives that like we admire so like getting that information out there and like having those conversations is super rewarding and so maybe it's like targeting like what kinds of conversations we have like Mm. maybe it's bringing some structure into our conversations to be like like i don't know like drew has has been struggling with like some of the work that he's been doing so it's like maybe we talk to people who like have left the positions that we've been in and we're looking for advice and, or maybe it doesn't even have to be that personal, but like, yeah, like if we're talking about making this place, this space, like something that's bettering our lives, then maybe we need to start asking the questions that like, you know, are going to move us towards that rather than 
the same kind of questions that we've been doing before. So one thing that we always talk about, yeah. (laughs) One thing we always talk about is like trying to use graphic support group, the podcast as like our own therapy sessions. And I feel like we haven't done enough of that. Um, Cause there's, there's ways we could be more candid. Like, yeah, like I'm having trouble being energized about teaching. Like, what is it about teaching if the guest is is like a professor or something or they have a teaching practice? Like, what it is that, that excites you so that I could be more excited about yeah. what I'm doing? Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of the undercurrent. And like, you know, to that point, like I I have, was talking to a friend who's listened to a few episodes and he has kind of a story of his own that's like got it like a very complex life story. And I was like digging into his story and and then he was like, have you ever talked about like your story on the podcast? And James and I have talked about like our traumas and career and stuff, but like, I've never talked about like the biggest trauma of my life on the podcast, you know, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, I don't know if we want to go there or if that, if that just becomes like self uh, aggrandizing or something, it's like, yeah, I don't really yeah. need to talk about like my dramatic life, but you know, I do think that there's something interesting there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Brian, I had a question in terms of like um, on the topic of relationships, and also like we've you know been doing this podcast during the the pandemic, but um, like, do you have any advice on just like how to manage relationships in a remote setting, like how to kind of keep each other in check, Man. or like, yeah. No, that's a really, really great question. You know, I think that, you know, once again, like coaching is necessarily not advice, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. more about asking kind of questions that, you know, that are important. So, you know, clearly, you know, working remotely is challenging. So it's about asking what has been challenging about it. Mm, Yeah. How does that make you feel? What are some strategies or ideas that can change that? And it can be very well something as simple as that you have it on the books that, you know, within a year, Drew, you're visiting Korea, you're both meeting in California or that you have, you know, you come up with a project for graphic support group that's going to draw you guys to the same space. And so you're using, you know, like, I just kind of accidentally did the work. Yeah. No, but like, I don't know. I love this conversation because it's like, uh, you're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. (laughs) Uh, But like, that's, yeah. But I mean, like we, I think like, I don't know. I think Drew is equally frustrated by this, but like, like the trouble with being remote in the time zones that we're in is like, when I'm going to bed, Drew is waking up and then like checking in on something. And it's like, oh man, like I'm just yeah, yeah, about to go to bed. And then the same thing with me. It's like I wake up. So like, Drew, where's the artwork? And he's just like, just had like finished his freelance work finally and like having a beer. It's like, that's the last thing I want to do. So like, that is the, I think that personally is like one of the most painful things. But I think it's we also have like one of the most interesting aspects. Yeah, it is. Life. It is. It is. Yeah. So, 
you know, this when I when I'm thinking about graphic support group as an organization or something scalable, you know, and I would almost like a Gantt chart kind of came in my mind, you know, and if we had <laughs> in the room, and we know like these are going to be the waking hours, you know, and where there's overlap, yeah, and what the expectations uh, are, yeah. and just starting yeah. to approach it and figuring out your own ways of hacking it based on yeah. based on. We are Which pretty messy when it comes to that. Like we are pretty like I'll send him a text and whenever he wants to respond, he can. But like we're yeah. pretty insensitive, I would say. Like yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest, we're like not really that sensitive to each other's time zones just because like yeah. we're living in a world where like you can slack someone at work at like 11 p.m. if you want to. And like right, right. if they don't like they won't see it, it's like they probably will see it. You're probably going to yeah. like – ruin their night out with the family yeah. You know, like. yeah no guys so something's coming up to to me i mean there's so many layers and just rich places that we've gone um i but we're i think if we're talking about time you know we all only have a limited amount and both really busy and the time zones mm-hmm. are a different thing mm-hmm. um and if we really think about our days, there's always opportunities to be a little bit more efficient, something that we can say no to, something that we want to say a little bit more of yes to. And I think that, you know, honoring the time that it requires for this and looking for efficiencies and hacks, strategies, those kinds of things to make the most out of your time so much more might be possible. So, you know, like I wonder if, you know, as an exercise, if you guys really start to project manage yourselves or get yeah. a friend and somebody who could sit on or I could sit on another call, we could like open up a mural board and like try to figure out what a production schedule mm-hmm. loosely looks like. I don't know, you yeah. might be doing these things, but it's just yeah. a way to like really kind of honor your, your time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that we've been doing is we've had a weekly stand up for the past two weeks, and that's actually been really helpful. Um, Because it kind of like, I don't know, for me, it's sort of like I could text Drew this right away, or I could check our like to do list and I could wait until our stand up and just take care of it then, which has been kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a collective like work time. That's like pretty efficient, I would say. Yeah. 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 And we also like get to talk to each other then too, because we don't really do a lot of like, we usually would check in before we're recording an episode, like the night before and like talk about what we're going to say and that, Mm -hmm. but that's pretty specific and I think right. yeah. there is like a like nice to have like a general like where are we at like what yeah, should we exactly. be focusing exactly. on? Right. No, um, and I think um, if you look at it once again, it's like a design exercise. Like where are the efficiencies? What are the different tools? What are the approaches? And having that stand up is just kind of paramount. Like gives you that time to connect, to recap, you know, set priority. But what are the other what are the other things that you can add to make it easier? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think like in the beginning, we were thinking a lot about that stuff and we were like, okay, we're going to like have like all these like social media posts like in our pocket and then went like, we'll like make them in bulk. And then like, but James always wanted to do that. And then I I never did it because I was (laughs) the one who was supposed to do it. Um, But yeah, and then it's always like, you know, there's a lot going on, you know, 
it's like who who hasn't said or heard that before like there's always so much going on like even when there's nothing going on there's too much going on so yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um what else was we wanted to ask um we we talked about resentments and kind of like working together um getting a third party um Oh, well, I mean, based here. on, oh, sorry, go. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, based on what you've heard so far, like, if this was, like, if you were to, like, and not, I'm not trying to, well, I kind of want to know what James is going to ask, but also, like, if you were to, like, close out this session, like, you're like, okay, I oh, sat yeah. with these people for, like, you know, a bit, mm-hmm. like, I think I have a read on, like, what's happening here, like, I don't know. I don't know how it, how you would, like, where would you say we're at and where would you say we need to go or like what we should be maybe focusing on? No, that's great. Um, I want to give James the space if there's any other question or something. Oh, no, yeah. I had a, I had a question just about like, I think Drew mentioned it too. It's like how much formality we need to bring into our practice. Like, but I think I think we answered that. It was like kind of more than answering asking that question. It's like asking the question is like, what are the tangible goalposts that we can have? Um, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and so I see like that they're all those those two questions kind of like blend. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm hearing here is just like, wow, both of you guys are amazing. Like your your friendship, your respect. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank another you. your intention. Like it's it's so pure and it's so, so good. And I think that really acknowledging and celebrating that is amazing. And acknowledging this kind of plateau that you're on, but that's also like an altitude, you know, like mm-hmm. plateaus are raised and there's yeah. something beautiful that's ahead. You know, you guys have taken inventory and you're starting to see that support in different ways, you know, or redefining your approach, which you're already doing are all Mm -hmm. things that are servicing it, but it's really that goal, like where you guys are going and why from, um, from an inside place, you know, from that inspired place. And then, yeah. And then from there, all of the more practical and tactical ideas will just fall through. And it's all just about having simple steps and accountability. So it feels like it's just doing more of what you're like, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting too, because we've had these like moments, like these critical moments where it's like we got invited to that festival wealth format and that was like a big thing for us. I feel like it Mm -hmm. like made us feel like, Oh, this is like a thing. Like people in the design community actually like know about this and like want to hear from us. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we were like, all right, like now we're getting serious. But then we like, then it was like, it's nice. That was like, okay, we're going to write this article about you. And it got like delayed like four months. And (laughs) we were just like sitting here like, what? and I like, we like, got all these shirts made and like everything was like getting like revving up. And then I think, yeah. I don't know. It was like very discouraging all the delays and like, you know, not having like the attention that I thought we'd garnered, like kind of just like seemed to like disappear. Like, I don't know. It's just like, you never know 
yeah what you're dealing with like mm-hmm. it's it's sort yeah. of like and i don't really care that much i just want to know what i have to work with so that i can like plan like i don't exactly. want to buy like you know this many t-shirts and only sell like half of them because right. that's just stupid but like i also don't know right, for right. sure for sure so i mean what came to me is like you know is there an opportunity for you know a, a end of the year like wrap up and how do you talk about like successes things that you want to do more of like yeah. you know like kind of failures and then lay out like as coarsely as you can what next year looks like you know mm-hmm. two big projects a rough idea of how many people mm-hmm. and like really start to mm-hmm. play it out way so then you can have some expected and planned things in the middle which also might make it easier to say no to certain things if they're outside of your rhythm yeah Yeah, i think that there's like this thing where and i think this goes back to james like wanting to know like where he fits into graphic support group outside of the podcast but there's this thing where it's like everything that we do with this space will just be a way of growing whatever it is that we're doing. Right. Um, but we can't be too precious about it. Uh, so like, there's this kind of like give and take where it's like, I'll, you know, I want people to want to like, want to come on the podcast. I want people to like share the podcast with each other. I want people to want to work with us because they like the way we think about design. Like, I don't want it to be like opportunistic. I want it to be like, Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of this is like, we're building something that people want to be involved in. People want to be a part of. Right. Drew. I mean, it feels like those things are happening, you know? So the things that you don't want to have happen, you already have the, the, the the guardrails, you know, in place. Right. Yeah. But it would be, it is like a bit heartbreaking to me to hear like, like when I heard like James's hesitancy, just in terms of the fact that it's like right now, the only work being done under this name, it has been done by me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal was always to like expand outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, one of those things where, you know, like James, your own work and discovery and like excitement and bandwidth to mm-hmm. contribute and make things in the way that you want that plug in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if that is a desire or like kind of an outcome, what has to happen for that to be more actualized? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's sort of like, I don't know, I, today I feel like a lot more invited into graphic support group as like a creative network which is really great and fruitful. And then I think actually like, I think like maybe Drew and I were like waiting for the the perfect opportunity to work together. But like, I don't know, I think we could DIY and like make a project together that like takes advantage of both of our skills. Um, yeah, for sure. Like self-promotion, like that's totally doable. And like uh, with like, it achieves the goals that we, we want to achieve. So that is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. And so, I mean, like, that's great homework, like to figure out what that project is, what that opportunity is. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's like, we really should start thinking about that because this is a project, but then 
it's like we need <laughs> other projects too. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, this has been awesome. And I think, yeah, yeah I just would like yeah, to no, this has been this is Yeah, this has been amazing. Like I'm so energized and pumped. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Brian. This has been really, really helpful. James, Drew, I really appreciate both of you guys for inviting me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> yeah.